0: Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, folks? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kench, and we are back yet again, my friends. This is episode 74. We'll be joined by three awesome guests this evening. But before we get into tonight's lineup, you guys already know that your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. We are your premier source for all things mixed martial arts, our team is always hard at work, trying to bring you guys the most reliable information, all the breaking news, and a bunch of exclusive content on top of that. As you know, we've relaunched the site. Looks pretty awesome. We've added some new features, some new content as well. We've improved the site navigation. We've not only got BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, but we've got BJPenn Play-By-Play Radio featuring the man himself, BJPenn. Breaking down the fights as they unfold in real time. And our newest project for all of you Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioners out there BJJ with BJ. We're bringing you guys technique and instruction videos from BJ Penn. You guys can ask him to go over and break down any technique using the hashtag BJJ with BJ. All that and so much more, plus some really cool stuff in the works on the horizon that I can't get into just yet. But you guys know what's up. Everything you crave, from the sport you love, a mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice, we have got you covered, guys. So, tonight's guest list. First up, we're joined by the incredibly talented, up-and-coming light heavyweight, Dominic Reyes. Uh, This kid is undefeated, he's an absolute stud, two finishes in the UFC so far, and he is just getting started. We had an awesome conversation with this guy, got to know him a little bit better, And honestly, I've got to tell you, folks, this kid has got a veteran's mentality. He's humble. He's super talented. The athleticism, all these things combined, this is a guy to keep your eye on. Second guest of the evening, our good friend, Raquel Pennington. Rocky P finally getting the title shot against the champ Amanda Nunes on May 12th at UFC 224 in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. We'll be previewing the fight discussing the long road back from her injury how much she's evolved over that time believe it or not and all the hard work it's taken to get to where she is today it's an awesome conversation with Raquel I know you guys will enjoy it she enjoyed it very much and uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with her and closing out tonight's show from a Waffle House somewhere in Arizona the former title challenger and top 10 flyweight John Moraga He's got a fight coming up against Wilson Hayes at UFC on Fox uh, 29 in front of his hometown crowd in Glendale, Arizona. We're going to preview that fight as well. We'll also be getting his take on the title situation and flyweight. His goal is to challenge for the title a second time, get that rematch with DJ, and a whole lot more. But let's waste no more time. I'm your host, Jake Hinch. This is the fighter's voice, BJPenn.com radio. First up, my friends, undefeated light heavyweight prospect, Dominic Reyes. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show undefeated light heavyweight prospect and a man that many are calling the future of the light heavyweight division in the UFC, the devastator, Dominic Reyes. Thanks for joining us tonight, Dominic. What's the good word at Cobra Kai, my man?
1: (laughs) How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, The good word is be good and keep getting better. (laughs) (laughs)
0: all right i gotta ask man how is joe daddy doing you know such a beloved guy by true mma fans
1: (laughs) oh joe's joe's doing great man he's everything's going great right now um he's a great mentor he's a great coach and joe's doing great so no 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 need to worry
0: (laughs) (laughs) glad to hear it you know it's pretty cool to see him coaching guys at such a high level he must have some really great advice and coaching ability you know given his history of his career
1: oh absolutely i mean he made it all the way to the top. Um, he's been through a lot. I mean, he was in MMA during, as many people call it, the golden the golden age of MMA. Right. Um, and he has so much experience. He, he's trained with literally everyone. And he's seen almost anything, almost everything. So he prepares us really well for these fights um, mentally, physically. Um, and just he his focus is making us better men, you know.
0: Right, as it should be, as it should be. You know, the true Bushido code, you talked about the golden age, he certainly is from that age. Uh, you know, we're definitely in the era of trash talk these days. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> what's your take on that, man? You know, given that your mentor is one of the guys from that from that Bushido era, that Bushido code era, you know, what's your take on, on the era that we're in of trash talk? Everybody feels that they need to be a, you know, a WWE promoter to, to get big fights now.
1: Personally, um, I don't really like it at all. Um, myself as a competitor. I mean, I've been in athletics my whole life, um, and it's always about being a good sportsman, uh, being being a good a good sport, and uh, just fighting hard and letting your your actions speak for the letting your actions speak for you. Um, you can say a few things here and there. I mean, if somebody's has something to say, but at the end of the day, your words aren't gonna save you.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Right, well, and I agree with you, man. You know, I understand the side of it that's promotion, and and, I, and as much as I... I mean, get I it, get
1: it. Like like you said, I get it, right. but it's just, it's kind of ridiculous.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, like, I, so much of it I find entertaining, a lot of this trash talk, but at the same time, I do truly miss those days where it was, I'm going to kick this guy's ass, he's going to try to come and kick my ass, and afterwards we're going to hug it out and, and have a ton of respect for each other. Absolutely. So, that being said, man, any news on when we can expect to see you back in action? You know, these hardcore fans are very hyped to see what you can do next, my man.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to show, show out for everybody again. Um, I'm thinking either May or June. Um, I tried to get on a card um, in uh, Utica, um, but it didn't work out. So, I'm, I'm still working to get that fight. Uh, I'd like to fight, you know, Volante, maybe Cannonier. Um, and getting the top 15, man. That's that's what I'm looking at right now. But my main focus is just becoming an absolute beast that can't be stopped.
0: So what was their lack of opponent for Utica? Uh,
1: yeah, well, we were looking at Volante, but then uh, LV came out. So that kind of put the brakes on that. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you're talking about uh, bumping into the top 15, uh tr- light heavyweights traditionally a stacked division, plenty of talent to choose from. So it sounds like you've got your eyes on Volante or cannoneer Those are the two guys that makes the most sense to you at this point.
1: Yes, for me right now currently.
0: Okay, cool. So, real quick man, for all the fans that aren't familiar with you yet, uh, give us a quick rundown of your background as a martial artist, how you got into MMA, and what drives you as an athlete.
1: All right. Um so I got into MMA because I didn't get in the NFL. Um uh my background as an MMA fighter is I wrestled in high school and I was very good at it. Um, CIF champion over here in California. Um I'm jiu-jitsu's, my jiu-jitsu's like getting better every day. I'm working with Joe Stevenson, you know, he's,
2: right.
1: he's one of the the best in it. Um my striking and stand up. Uh, I, before I started training in MMA, I didn't have any formal training or anything in stand-up MMA. Um, but from football, I was able to you know, really have control of my body and understand body mechanics. So I transferred that straight into MMA, and it's going well, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say the least. To yeah. say the least, man. So I, I guess uh, it's, it sounds to me like your story is one that one of these uh, examples of athletes, maybe not so much a martial artist. I mean, obviously you have the wrestling background, but uh, you're one of these prime athletes that decided to get into this sport. And as you said, it's clearly shown so far.
1: Absolutely, um, I believe I'm the next The next, you know, the next coming of athletes. You know, guys that can play other sports. You know, guys that were stars in other sports and played football and baseball and all that but they decided to go to mma and that's i think that's the next wave of athletes coming to the ufc
0: right absolutely i mean we've seen the era of 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 hardcore fighters you know basement style fighters and we've seen that transition to guys that were specialized then we've seen uh, people that train everything from a young age that, that have the full package. And now you are absolutely correct. We're starting to see the emergence of top-level athletes get into this sport. So very cool stuff. But, you yeah. know, aside from Joe Daddy Stevenson, who do you admire or look up to in MMA?
1: See, now this is a tough question because I admire and respect everybody that gets in the cage. So, like, for me, I take a little bit from everybody I see. If I see something I like... I'm going to try to take it. (laughs) But I really admire Max Holloway. Um, I do. When we were on the Detroit card, he was, you know, really humble, really charismatic, and a really nice guy. And he he cared, you know, about other people that were in the room with him. Like, we were all training, like, uh, getting ready for our fights, cutting weight and stuff, and he was just being really humble and awesome. And then he has the warrior spirit, you know, something that that's what it's all about about going out there and scrapping you know putting it all on the line and not you know not always looking for the passive least least resistance but going out there and putting on a show for the fans and having fun at the same time like that's my whole like that's everything for me is just going out there and having fun and putting on a show man like i'm a showman i've played football and everything and i love love the crowd man (laughs) the mob as as you call it as i call it the mob
0: so you because clearly you clearly feed off of that energy quite a bit
1: oh yeah it's, it's freaking pure electricity man <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i gotta tell you that's a great answer coming up with uh, max holloway i think that a lot of the old school uh fans and and analysts and people that have followed this sport he's a guy that we're all looking at and really really appreciate at this point in time so i would agree Absolutely. with you 100 percent there uh, but did you think that you'd be one of the most talked about prospects in the UFC over this past year? You know, that must feel pretty cool, man. You know, people people see so much potential in you right now.
1: Oh, it's so cool, man. Um, it, it's almost surreal. Like, I was unknown, like completely unknown. But I've, I've always been here working, man, just working and working and working. And I always knew, like, when my time comes, I want to be ready. You know, I want, I want people to not... Really have like oh well well this or that or there's a hole here or the weakness here. I wanted to be complete when I came onto the scene so people could get behind me and and you know not be like oh well he's good striking but his wrestling sucks or whatever.
0: So <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for me it was about being complete before I made the jump here and not trying to rush it. I'm not trying to rush it. You know I I took my time in my amateur career. Um, I, I, I've kind of done things at my own pace based on how my progression is going, not how the promoters think I should fight. You should fight, you know?
0: Dude, you're, you're basically answering my next question here for me. I got to say, you're already talking like a veteran of the sport. And clearly, uh, you know, working with, with Joe Daddy has, has rubbed off on you in the right way. You know, I was going to say, we've seen so many athletes with a lot of hype behind them, they crash and burn. You know, most of the time, the UFC or the coaches, they're rushing them into these high level fights. You know, that being said, you are remaining patient when it comes to climbing the ranks. And, you know, do you feel like you're right now ready to fight these top ten guys? Or do you think you need some more time to ease into that?
1: Um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe like a, a fight or two more. Um, I don't have a ton of experience in the octagon. You know, my fights have been pretty quick. All right. So, I mean, that cage experience is, it's everything. Um... I'm hoping my next opponent pushes me, you know, to the second, third round, and we're, we're just scrapping it out, you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: get, <laughs> and then uh, we'll go from there, it, it really depends on how my next, like, however my fight goes, then I'll make my, like, decision on my next move from there, Right. Cause you don't know how you're going to feel, or, you know, if you had a hole here, or anything like that, until after the fight, so...
0: Absolutely. I see how it goes. Absolutely, absolutely. And and But you're... when
1: the time comes there there will be a time for everyone.
0: <laughs> well, for there sure, man. Be. And you know, like you were talking about before, you have gone from relatively unknown to, to, to this hyped-up prospect. And uh, I talk about it with fighters all the time. Sometimes a guy just hasn't arrived until he's arrived and and clearly you're you're getting there, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a process. It's like I uh, like I said after my last fight, you know, I want to be in the UFC, you know, for Many years, you know, five, seven years. I don't want to just come in, try to fight all kinds of fights and then fizzle out. You know, what's that going to do good? That's not going to do anybody any good. Absolutely. So I want to do it, you know, at my pace, fight fight the right fights. And there will be a time where every fight's the right fight, you know. But right now I'm still relatively young and I would like one, maybe two more. And then start, you know, making a run at the title.
0: I got to tell you, man, you're, you're wise beyond your years in MMA. That is for damn sure. Uh, I think a lot of people could take some notes from you, brother, for real. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Hey, uh, not a problem. My pleasure. So who impresses you most in the division? Who would you be most excited division? to fight? And, and you know, obviously without looking past anybody or getting too far ahead of yourself, who impresses you most and, and who would you be most excited to fight uh, stylistically?
1: So... I've always looked up to this this fighter. I, I should have told you before, but Gustafsson is somebody I've always looked up to. Um, his his striking is phenomenal, man. Uh, I I would really like to. I feel like he's a legend, and I'd like to get in there with him one day and fight a legend. You know, uh, how often do you get to fight a legend in in your mind? And that that would be cool. I'm really impressed by him and his movement and everything he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's, um, he's one of the underappreciated guys in the oh, UFC. Oh, absolutely.
1: It's because he's unassuming. His look is unassuming. So people are like, oh, it's Gus. But he's just he's freaking one punch away from being, beating Jones and Cormier.
0: Yep, without a doubt, so, man. And, and Lord knows those uppercuts are vicious.
1: Sure, <laughs> those are vicious uppercuts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be really cool. We're both really tall and lanky. Um, and we, we have pretty pretty good striking, and, and I think that would be a fun, really fun fight.
0: I would agree you with you, man. Hopefully that one comes to fruition in, in the future, and uh, maybe that could Hopefully be your for number title, one right? contender fight. <laughs> yeah, or for the title, even better. That would be even better, man. So yeah. what do you think you bring to the table that the rest of the division isn't ready for?
1: My athleticism, and just... I have sneaky power, people don't realize, but my athleticism is something that I mean, lightweights have a tr- have trouble dealing with. I mean, I, I move like a lightweight, and I fight with the power of a light heavyweight. So that's something that's new to the division. I'm younger, but I'm very athletic. And I'm actually, And I'm pretty smart when I fight. I'm a, I'm a smart, I'm an intellectual fighter. I'm not just all raw emotion. So I think I bring that to division.
0: So you know, given that you're only only eight fights into your pro career, I'm I'm sure you have a, a, a you know a, a long amateur career as well. But you know, when you talk about uh, being able to hold back that emotion, I mean, how, how do you find that happy balance between having the right amount of aggression and the right amount of control when you get in there?
1: That's a that's kind of a lifelong thing. You know, uh, competing my whole life, it's been like figuring yourself out, figuring out how you perform best. Cause nobody could tell you, you know, this is exactly what to do. They could try, they could try oh, exactly do this, but that's not, it's not you. Yeah. Only you can figure out you. And that's what something I've always focused on is, you know, how does this feel? You know, how, how, how being really in tune with my body and, and my emotion and I could feel the adrenaline rush is coming on.
0: <laughs> you could
1: feel it. And yeah. Once you could control it and understand yourself and how your heart reacts to certain things and what's going on, you could time those aggressions to fit for for finishes.
0: You make a great point there. I think that um, we see too much of guys not embracing who they are and then taking on martial arts and kind of adapting it, making it their own. We see a lot of uh, you know guys trying to be stringent to technique, and while technique is very very important, oh, yeah. uh, at the same time you need you need to make things your own, put your own flavor on it, and uh, you know that that that's what makes you an individual in the sport, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it fun, because if you're trying to just do what everybody else is trying to do, you're trying to you know copy this, copy that. It's not fun because you're not. It's not you. It's not your flow. It's not your rhythm. It's somebody else's.
0: Absolutely, man. So, listen, changing gears here for for a moment. I wanted to get your thoughts on the John Jones situation. Uh, you know, do you think the CA, the uh, California State Athletic Commission made the right call with him? Uh, do you think all this controversy tarnishes his legacy as the greatest of all time?
1: Um, that hearing, um, I felt like they were. I, I guess I guess they were pretty fair for based on his past.
3: <laughs> right. It's
1: kind of tough because of his past. Like if he, if he didn't have that past, then it would have just been a slap on the wrist. Kind of, you know, maybe six months because he was unaware and his, he says he was unaware. But when you have a, a past like that, it makes it really hard to say it was an accident. You know, it was it makes it really hard for people to like give you a break. <laughs>
0: I agree with you, man. I agree and, with you. And,
1: uh, as far as his legacy, I mean, he's a great fighter no matter what. Like, you how, you how you slice it. But the fact that, you know, maybe he was on some shit. You know, excuse my language, but no, maybe no, he was swear, on some. you can swear. Um, that might tarnish his legacy a little bit. I mean, if, if this is, if he gets four years from Musada on this, then that's definitely tarnishing his legacy. Like,
0: but right, right. It's and it's super I th-
1: hard to come back from.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the big problems is like you said, it's the history. And and for me, it's not, the history like we com- all,
1: I feel like we all fell in love with John Jones again, you know? Right. And when he well, came back, it was like, all right, John's back. Cool. Well, yeah.
0: Well, for me, for, for me it was a little different because for me I I could, you know, given his history and then he was always playing the super, you know, good guy baby face role and you know, everybody <laughs> could see <laughs> Yeah, everybody could see right through it, you know what I mean? So for me it was like, oh, come on, John, just, you know, what I liked about when he came back is he was being a, you know, being a heel. And you know yeah. the, the shit he's saying to DC and all that. I was like, okay, I can get he's behind this.
1: himself finally.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So speaking of DC, what do you make of the fight with Stipe? Do you think Cormier's got what it takes to, to be able to be a two division champ?
1: Man, I don't know against Stipe. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Not against Stipe. Stipe is the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> he's, he's just. I don't know. I think he's too big and too long and too technical, Cormier.
0: Yeah, and I and given his history and other athletics, I'm sure you uh you you have a lot of respect for what he's been able to do as well.
1: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> true. I mean, I have huge respect for everybody, like I said. Right. Um, but when it comes to this, I just I just Steup is on one right now. He's just on one.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it, man. <laughs> so listen, like bro-
1: sometimes in life you're on one, like <laughs> like right now I'm on one, <laughs> right, right. So just roll with it, and I feel like he's embraced it and he's rolling with it. So.
0: and it's it's refreshing to finally see him get the kind of uh, promotional right? push that, that that he deserves. Uh, you know, they got a goldmine there with Stepe, and it's nice to finally see those Modelo commercials and all that stuff. Uh, very happy for him.
1: Oh, me too. It's, it couldn't. It's it's super awesome. I mean, he, he literally had to, like, do extra just to get stuff he should have got from the beginning. But, hey,
0: That's well, it is. is. When you see a situation like that, you know, applying it to your own career, uh, obviously talking with you, you're a very respectable guy. We've talked about the Bushido Code, that kind of era, the trash talk era we're in now. You know, do you, do you think that you have a plan looking forward on, on how to be able to promote yourself, make that big money, but also stay true to who you are as a martial artist?
1: I do. I think I do. Um, just be me. I'm. I'm pretty charismatic when I'm around people and um, when I talk to people. Um, but my thing is kind of like bring back, you know, good, wholesome athletes that kids could actually look up to. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: It's refreshing to hear, man, for sure.
1: Like family. You know, I don't have any kids. You know, I'm, I'm not married. So I'm just focusing on my career, but I'm also focusing on, you know, taking care of being a good person and helping people with problems or anything they got going on that's that can be fixed through training. And It's just, there's so much bad in the world, we need more good.
0: Damn straight, man. I know, I loved it to hear Rose Namajunas, you know, just be a good person, man. That, yeah. that was really cool. Like I, I think like, we need a lot more of that. And again, she, I do I do greatly appreciate all the trash talk as well when it's funny. <laughs> I mean, even even when well, you yeah, take so, it too far. I mean, sometimes
1: there will be fights where, where I'm trash talk. Like we're gonna <laughs> right. I'm gonna come across an opponent who's disrespectful, talking crap, and I'm I'm not just gonna be like, oh yeah, man, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, obviously, but i mean i have four brothers so it's it it gets pretty crazy here my where, whole life so. where
0: are you uh are you youngest middle oldest
1: i'm in the middle i'm second to last
0: oh you had it tough <laughs> oh yeah all your brothers I, are I just athletes. Kept my
1: mouth shut and just and just was like all right and just kept grinding
0: <laughs> are all your brothers athletes as well
1: yeah my oldest brother is fighting next week in uh london alex
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Holy crap, man. <laughs> I didn't even put that together, dude. Wow.
1: Crazy, right?
0: <laughs> wow. How cool would that be for you to both be on the same card?
1: Oh, that would be awesome. That would be really cool.
0: Wow. Man, I didn't even think of that, dude. Wow. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, that's, that's something... How I
1: start, that's how I started MMA because he owns a gym over here as well. So when I got out of football, I just started training with him. And I didn't I did even start working with Joe until uh, March of last year.
0: Wow. Man, so, so not only is this a family affair, but this is uh Wow, I would I would honestly man, I would love to see you guys both fight on the same card. That would be a huge thing. I don't think brothers I could be mistaken, maybe the Pettis brothers have both fought on the same card, but uh, I
1: think they have one time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool to see that done again, man. I hope that comes in the future for you. But listen, yeah. brother, you've been more than generous with your time. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. <laughs> just a couple more Thanks, pr- just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, how many times would you like to compete this year and how soon are you hoping to have a fight contract signed for maybe, uh, June, like you were saying, May or June?
1: Um, I'd like to fight three times this year. Um, and I had, I'd like to sign that contract yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, man, I'm working with the uniform, uh, the, the UFC PI, uh, Implementing a weight uh, strength conditioning program for the first time in my career, which is cool. <laughs> Getting a lot stronger, really fast.
0: <laughs> wow! You've and never I, you've never had a strength and conditioning program.
1: No, not since I've been in MMA. Wow! In, in college and everything, you know, I was lifting almost every day for football. But when I got into MMA, I wanted to focus on the technique because it's the most important thing.
0: That's a smart so move.
1: I've completely immersed myself in the technique and. uh... I would do a little bit of strength conditioning, you know, like to make it through the fights, you know, obviously have the conditioning for the fight, but not really, like, real focused. And now it's it's every other day, exact number of reps, exact everything.
0: Right. Well, I got to say, man, I think that lends itself to the level of athlete that you are knowing that you haven't had a strength and conditioning program until now. I'm uh, (laughs) very interested to see what you look like. With the strength and conditioning program, I think that the rest of the division should should be pretty worried about that. My uh my
1: one of my, my trainer over here was saying, Dude, they're gonna test you like all the time now. <laughs> You're getting big. Like, <laughs> like it's all good, man. It's all good.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Clean athlete, awesome guy. Yeah. I got to say, forever. yeah, man, I got to say, just speaking with you for the first time here, very refreshing, and, and I certainly look forward to what the future has in store for you. But speaking of the future, how do you, you visualize this this UFC career? What do you see? Is it realistic to assume that, that you'd be fighting for the belt sometime in 2019?
1: Yes, that is realistic. I think uh, mid-2019, I should be ready for uh, a title, a title fight. If everything goes according to plan, of course, but I'm improving every day. I'm getting better every day, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. Techniques are just flowing, and uh, I'm excited to show the world, man. <laughs> it's like you practice and practice and practice and practice, and there's no game.
0: <laughs> right, so, right. And I'm especially, to get in there. Especially for an athlete that that's used to competing all the time. That must be very frustrating mm-hmm. for you.
1: It is, but it's, uh, it's a process, and you, I understand it, and it is what it is.
0: Right. Well, I got to tell you, man, like I said, you're wise beyond your years. It's really refreshing to hear the type of demeanor you have as an athlete. I'm very excited to see you get back in there. And uh, it's been an awesome conversation, man. I can't thank you enough. Uh, in conclusion, tell all the fans out there why they need to join the team now and keep their eyes on the Devastator going forward.
1: Uh, Yeah, everybody, join up, man. Team Devastator. Uh, follow me on Instagram at domreyes24. Um, this is the best time to get in. It's like a pyramid scheme. Getting early, <laughs> you reap rewards later. So, <laughs> trust sure, me. Man. I'm I'm working just as hard as all of you at work, busting your asses. I know what that's like. I are construction before this. Um. So, blue chip, hardworking American. Let's do this.
0: Hell yeah, man! I gotta say, you're you're definitely my favorite prospect now. Um. <laughs> Awesome stuff, man. Great conversation. Can't thank you enough. Hopefully, we can catch up again uh, when a fight gets signed, talk about the matchup, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening, man. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go?
1: Oh, yeah. Shout-out Cobra Kai, my team over there, Uh, the Bullet Hole in Victorville with Craig Buchanan, Uh, Nutrition Edge in Victorville, World Gym, and uh, Stein Chiropractic. Those are my people, and obviously my family. My parents love you guys, and uh, that's all.
0: All right. Cool, man. Again, greatly appreciate it um awesome convo man i can't say it enough this is one of my favorite that i've done in a long time so um my pleasure hope we can catch up again soon have a wonderful evening my man and uh peace out brother
1: thanks out man appreciate you so much
0: yeah no doubt man anytime anytime you want to just get on and chat you you feel free to reach out
1: all right perfect uh I'll, I'll let rick know next time
0: all right cool <laughs> thanks bud all right thank you Hope you guys enjoy the conversation with Dom. Like I said, he's got a veteran mentality, incredible work ethic, athleticism, much more he brings to the table as well. Very refreshing to hear a guy with with this kind of mental game, uh, this young in his career. Got a great team behind him as well, especially one of the OGs in MMA, Joe Daddy Stevenson. Like I said, he's definitely one to watch, folks. But let's waste no more time. Coming up next on BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, the next in line for a chance at women's bantamweight gold, an underdog who has a proven record of rising to the occasion, good friend of the show, one of my favorite people to speak with, Raquel Pennington. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number two ranked women's bantamweight in the UFC, the next challenger for Amanda Nunes' title. Of course, I'm talking about Rocky herself, Raquel Pennington. What's going on, Rocky? How is life in Colorado today?
2: Uh, it's pretty good. It's actually a beautiful day and finished up a solid morning training session, so now just doing some relaxing.
0: Very good. Now, I know you have uh, you've been doing a lot of media today. I'm sure you've got plenty of training to do after this. But before we jump into it, I just wanted to get an update on the UFC's cutest couple. Any idea on when you guys are going to be tying the knot?
2: um we've been talking a lot about September 15th we both want a fall wedding and of course up in the mountains so when the trees are changing and stuff like that all the leaf colors um but you know I mean it's just been kind of hectic we're hoping for that day and we've been doing little things in between our schedules that we can't do and trying to get them done uh now that Tisha has some more downtime hopefully she can get a little bit more done than me but you know I mean it was her with her fight camp and now I'm going into my fight camp and then we have a couple trips planned afterwards, and we have some other stuff for friends' weddings and different things. And then uh, 10 days before we're thinking about tying the knot is actually my dirty 30. So it's just like, it's a little crazy. We'll see what actually <laughs> happens.
0: Oh, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things to juggle, but hopefully September
2: 15th. Yeah, for sure.
0: Cool, cool. Well, again, UFC's cutest couple in my opinion. Um, but yeah. listen, the big news dropped last week. You'll finally be challenging for the title. Uh, I know it was rumored that the fight was in the works, but there was some uncertainty. Uh, When did you get the news, and how excited are you to finally get that opportunity that you've been striving for all these years?
2: Well, you know I mean? We were set up to fight originally in December, and then I obviously had that injury happening. So I had to pull from that fight, which was really hard. And then um, I told UFC after I talked to the doctors and we went through my whole injury and stuff. And the doctors kind of gave me a time frame. And then, of course, listening to my own body, I told them that May would work. Amanda said that she wanted to fight before May, but obviously she's had a long time off herself. So it kind of just worked out. They did offer me earlier in March, but it was just physically impossible. My body's done a little bit of crazy things. I've put on some stress weight. I've obviously had these injuries. And so I physically just – it that physically was impossible, and I told them no. No. Um, so May was a good time frame for me. Uh, it's been in the talks for a while. Uh, we were talking about it throughout Tisha's entire camp pretty much and trying to figure things out, and then we were negotiating contracts and stuff like that. Um, and so it was, you know, for me, it was, it was the next thing that's meant to happen, and I feel like I've definitely deserved this opportunity. So it was just all about the paperwork, and then there was that little hiccup that happened when, freaking cyborg fought and it became a little frustrating because then there was a little question mark thrown out there and but I feel like it was kind of a thing where common sense prevailed and it all worked out.
0: Absolutely, common sense for sure. Now, you know, speaking of the cyborg fight, I know you've been campaigning for this title bout, obviously injuries and all of those things aside, there was talk about Amanda fighting cyborg next. What was the word on you your end? I would imagine that the- you were doing everything in your power to make this fight, make this fight happen and, and not have her fight Cyborg next.
2: Um, You know, like I said, I mean, we were talking about this. We were going through everything. The negotiations were happening. So the last thing to do was sign the paper. And before Cyborg even happened, I was supposed to have my contract in hand to be able to sign. But I didn't end up getting it. And then when Cyborg fought and then that question mark went, went up with Dana's comment, a little frustration went out there. So I actually got frustrated and I reached out to a million people in the UFC and was asking them what the heck was going on because, to me, it just wasn't fair. And, you know, I know it's something that doesn't always go the fighter's way or I'm not the only athlete that thinks have been thrown up into question or fights have actually been taken away from fighters. So um, it was kind of one of those things where I did get really frustrated for a second and then I just told Tisha and I told my family, I was like, you know what, like, whatever's meant to happen is going to happen regardless one way or another. I will eventually fight for this belt if I have to take another detour. It's going to be a bunch of bullshit, but I'm going to continue to go with the flow. I'm the type of person that goes with the flow, and I just I put my best foot forward. There's some things that are just not in your control. Um, but after reaching out to everybody, uh, they kind of said it was news to them, and um, I think like two days after Cyborg fought, I ended up getting the contract. So
0: Very good. So it sounds like fate prevailed, and uh, obviously your due diligence that didn't hurt at all in regards to, to finally getting this fight signed. Um, For sure. Now, you had talked about the sport moving towards uh, more entertainment, and, and, you know, I have to agree with you. While I enjoy a lot of this trash talk stuff, it it bothers me that everyone is trying to do it, and and I always talk about it on this show. I miss the old days, the Bushido Code, the respect between athletes. Uh, Were you at all concerned that that this fight might not happen based on, uh, you know, the marketing aspect of all of it?
2: Yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, obviously... For one, I'm not, I don't understand, you know, I mean, do I love the fact of what's happening for women's MMA? Yes, I love the fact that it's expanding, more divisions are being added and everything, that's great, especially for females who, weight cutting, weight cutting is a dangerous thing, especially for the female body, Um, it throws our hormones completely off and doing different things and whatnot, so the fact that they are expanding it and bringing, able to bring in more athletes like I think that is phenomenal but right now it's just like the 145 division really makes no sense to me like you have cyborg who is the number one athlete in that division and then it seems like they just keep taking 135ers like where's all the 145ers bring in natural 145ers and granted I mean all of us including myself 140 or 135ers I think that we're all willing to step up to the plate at some point like she's just another female But the fact is, is right now, why do you keep dipping into the 135 division? And that's something that's kind of frustrating for me. So when that whole thing was happening and it was just like this super fight and the money and Cyborg and Amanda, who's the champion, and two champions battle each other, like it's just, for me, it's just more entertainment and it's just bullshit. Like what happened to, okay, like the 135 division right now? I've busted my ass all these years and I feel like I've deserved this opportunity And it's a fight that actually makes sense, but then because there's more money and there's more entertainment, that one's going to happen? Like, where's the fairness in all this? Where's the other people deserve to be marketed and build up their brand and do different things, too? And I'm not just speaking for myself, but all the other athletes who are under the champions. That's what we do every single day. We're grinding every single day for those opportunities, but because you have Cyborg with a name or Amanda with a name or it just keeps going on with the names. Right. It's like they keep being thrown out there.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's even more so frustrating, uh, you know, going along with what you're talking about. Why have a ranking system if we're not going to use it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I completely Everybody, like that.
2: gets so excited off these rankings or they'll say different things or whatever. And like to me, the rankings do not matter.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And it's a shame. You know, why even have them? Why even put that news out there? Oh, you're, you're now number two, number three, whatever whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, uh, unfortunately, the way the sport has been going, it seems to be all about the money fights. But regardless of that, I'm very happy that this fight got made. However, talking about the marketing, you know, with the injury setback that, that you've talked about in depth, um, did you think that the time away from the sport could play a f- uh, part in the marketing for this fight as well?
2: Um. You know, I really don't think so. I think I have a badass story actually returning back to everything. Uh, this last 18 months off was not an easy 18 months off. Right. There's been a lot of shit that has happened and a lot of things that, you know, I mean, you want to talk about adversity. You want to talk about a different a bunch of different things um, occurring that I had to overcome and be able to have this opportunity and step back up to and then go out and perform my best. Like, there's a if you're into the story behind athletes and you're into more than just the super fights and everything else, like for me, I think it's a pretty cool thing to come back to in my honest opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I think that uh, the sport is all about uh, characters and, and the individuality of all of you. And to be honest with you, I mean, talking about the injury and coming back from all this semi reminiscent of like a, like a Vinny Pazienza or something like that. So there is a really cool story there if, if they decide to market it that way. Uh, But in regards to ring rust, I know you've always been active, always training, and and now even coaching and cornering Tisha, I'd imagine you don't expect that to be an issue at all.
2: No, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, ring rust can be a real thing and whatnot, and it's different when you're performing in the gym as opposed to when you're under the big lights. But I also think it comes to something that's very mental and also physical. Um, Even though I've taken these eight months off because I had to, uh, in... Certain places, I really haven't taken the eight months off, or 18 months off, sorry. Um, You know, I mean, like you said, I've been coaching Tisha. I've been coaching other athletes because I've been in the gym constantly every day, whether it was mentally or physically. When I had my injuries and I broke my leg, I was still in the gym pushing with my upper body. Like, I'm such an ambitious person and driven that nothing's going to stop me. And then being able to have this time off, I learned so much about myself as an individual and as an athlete. And that alone, I feel like it's dangerous. Not to mention, okay, when I'm not constantly having to train and do things, um, I had all this time in the world to actually go to sports psychology and do things, so there I am mentally preparing, you know? I mean, this, this sport is a lot of mental. A lot oh, yeah. of people may think it's physical and everything, but it comes down to your mental part. And when you have that strong, I think the physical just, it's like riding a bike. Like, of course, the endurance, everything else has to be built back up, in which we've been doing and it's not like, okay, I got offered the fight. All of a sudden I signed the contract and now I got up off the couch and I started training. Like right, I've been right. training. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talk about it there, uh, sports psychology, uh, other things. You, I'd imagine you learned a lot about yourself in regards to perseverance, but, uh, you know, can you touch on that a little bit? You know, what exactly did you learn about yourself through this time off and, you know, having to go through all of this and get back to the place where you wanted to be?
2: You know, there's just a lot of things throughout time and throughout. You can you can really get mixed up in the sport, especially when it comes to media and then being an athlete. And sometimes, you know, for me, it was just I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten because I've always had such a burning passion for it. I was always having fun. I was always doing things. And when I wasn't having fun, when I was just it turned into like that job filling and different things, like that's when I performed at my worst. That's when I was just doing stuff. I didn't really care. I wasn't taking care of my body the right way there's there was just so much coming into play with it but to actually have this time off and to actually slow down I just learned so much about my body in general I learned so much about my mind and what my mind actually needs and the different little triggers that I could have as opposed to let's say we're in the gym and you know, it could be the most random things. It could be different things for people, but it's just like, okay, we're going to spar as opposed to we're going to fight. It may trigger my body different. It may trigger my emotions different. So just really having the time to actually break myself down with that, having the time to get my flexibility back, having the time to, you know, just the recovery or, um, actually pushing myself to the limits without having to worry about overtraining because there was no purpose right there at the moment. Like, I've been able to really test myself in different aspects. And then, you know, just now being able to put it all together or having to be that coach and constantly doing something repetitive or drilling it over and over in my head so that way I could perform it at my best to teach Tisha or teach Sharon or show the other athletes around me or just being able to have this opportunity to, you know, bounce around and see other athletes interact with different people and learn different things. Like, there's just so much to where it was just like, I feel like – I kind of, I really found a different passion within me. I found a different flame and because I was having to take so much time off and I wasn't allowed to go out and do what I absolutely love, you know, I never realized I had a structured life, but in a weird way, I do have structure with the way that I train and with the way that I fight and the way that my day is planned out. And I always just see myself as this adventurous, spontaneous person, but there is structure. So now just being able to realize all these different things, like there's a new hunger and a new motivation behind me that I don't feel like anything could get in the way of.
0: Well, that's very cool to hear. I know talking with fighters over the years, uh, so many people have spoke about not having fun. And then when you're having fun again and the passion reignites, that's when you have your best performances. That's when things really start to come together and click for you. Uh, so it's very cool to hear that. But, you know, speaking of cornering and coaching, um, You know, fighters always talk about how that helps them evolve their own game. Has that been the case for you, coaching and cornering Tisha as well?
2: Yeah, it really does, you know. I mean, because when you're a coach and when you're cornering, like, you're living in the sport. You're watching it from the outside perspective. You can slow things down. You can see things from a different perspective. And then the fact that you're going to teach a technique or you're going to show them, you're constantly drilling it. Like, there's so much repetitive stuff right there that it's just, like, it's, it's being built into you. It's just... Um, So me doing that over this time frame and not just with Tisha, but with other athletes and stuff, I mean, I've had that opportunity to where mentally I wasn't taking any time off. Physically, I may have had to take some time off, but mentally I was still doing something. I was constantly visualizing. I could see things with being on the outside corner in Tisha. I could see exactly what I would do and I would show her or I would show her a way that would work for her. So it's like my brain was constantly going and it was just making – I feel like I have a very high IQ for fighting, and it was just it was driving that even more.
0: So it sounds like this was kind of a blessing in disguise and an opportunity for you to hit the reset button and uh, you know really put everything together for yourself, uh, both in and outside of training.
2: Yeah, I really think so. Um, as much as frustrating as it has been at its points, like I told my mom that we were having a conversation one day, and I just told her I was like, you know, it was it was a blessing in disguise. Like I feel like this kind of helped me to like you said reset and just find that drive again and it's just for me it's fun again it's motivating it's exciting like i'm just ready
0: awesome awesome uh r- real quick i've i've only got a few more questions here for you you're more than generous with your time but real quick you mentioned your mother there uh she going to be cutting weight with you for this fight as well
2: of course that is <laughs> uh i don't know i don't know how that became it but um that's her number one duty and i think the coaches love it cuz they can get a break from something and <laughs> they can go do whatever they're going to do, and my mom's got full control.
0: Right, they don't have to sit in the sauna and, and go through all that agony.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they don't got to hear the the angry emotions going on when I get frustrated.
0: <laughs> so, listen, I know you're very familiar with Amanda outside of the cage, and, of course, Tisha has trained with her in the past. Uh, that being said, give us your thoughts on the matchup stylistically, and what kind of problems do you think you present to Amanda that she maybe hasn't faced yet?
2: I think it's going to be fun. You know, I think it's going to be an awesome fight. I think it's definitely going to be one of the fights that it's going to come down to who wants it more. Um, I think me and Amanda match up very well. Um, And like you said, I mean, we are friends outside of this, so it's kind of one of those things where it's business on the inside. It was the same thing with me and Misha. Um, So, you know, I mean, Amanda, she has phenomenal stand-up. She's done everything that she's needed to to become champion and to hold her position there. Um, So she has what I want, and she's obviously going to try to keep what she has, but it's just going to come down to, Who wants it more? Who's going to grind harder? Who's going to do those things? And, you know, I mean, like I said, all this time off mentally, uh, I don't feel like anything can get in my way with that. It's not a fight that's going to be easy by far. And there's nowhere in there underestimating Amanda. But the fact is, is, like, I know who I am. I know who I am as a person, as an athlete, and just I know what I want. And I feel like I have the skills in all different aspects to be able to go out there and do what I need to do. And, you know, I mean, they, Amanda's good on her feet. Amanda, she's she has her wrestling, and then she's good on the ground. But a lot of people, they just sat here and they categorized me as this brawler for years now. And a lot of people, I don't feel like have actually seen my entire game. Um, I can't just pinpoint when people ask me, hey, what are you great at? Like, I feel like I'm a very well-rounded fighter. And at the end of the day, I feel like, I'm gonna bring a lot to Amanda, whether it's in wrestling, whether it's in grappling, whether it's in um, jujitsu, or it's in stand-up. Um, so it's just about focusing on me as what I can control and doing those things, and I feel like that alone will shine.
0: You know, it's interesting you say. You know everybody everybody thinks of you as a brawler. Uh, obviously, you've got a ton of skills. We've seen them displayed. I'm sure you haven't even really scratched the surface. But one thing that was obvious for me aside from your skills, is the toughness. You know, people have said that Amanda comes on very strong in the beginning, tends to fade in the later rounds. Do you think that your ability to maybe weather that early storm could play a big factor in this fight?
2: Oh, for sure. I think so. I mean, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know where I got the toughness. I don't know if it was just being a tomboy growing up with all my guy cousins and we were constantly fighting because (laughs) we wouldn't argue we would fist fight. I don't know if it was just the toughness all these years, but I do. I go out there and, I mean... I have yet to find somebody who actually, like, really challenges that, really, like, puts an impact that's like, oh, shit, like, I'm in danger, like, there hasn't been anything for that for me yet, and, um, not saying that it can't happen, because anything can happen, it's a fight, but, uh, you know, I feel like me, uh, training in high altitude, I have that advantage when it comes to cardio, um, I do have, I feel like just, you know, I mean, my endurance and everything that plays into that, the fact that, I can go out there and weather storms and it's, you know, I mean, I just have to wear her down. Like I said, I got to push the pace. I got to do things and control what I can control. And I feel like that alone can make or break the situation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Interestingly enough, I just had a friend come back who was living in Colorado Springs for a few months and, you know, being from Rhode Island, we're right at sea level. And she was like, man, moving out there. You you really don't understand it until you actually physically experience the high altitude and how much of a difference it makes. Um, Huge, absolutely. But you know, speaking of which, places that you know you're training and where this fight is going to take place is in Rio de Janeiro. We all know how hostile that crowd can be towards outsiders. Was there any hesitation for you to take this fight in her home country? And are you even concerned at all about the vibe that the crowd might be throwing at you?
2: You know, I mean, it's one of those things. I've been an underdog my entire career. It's not something that phases me. You can boo me, you can say things, you can do whatever, but you know what? I am who I am, and I'm not going to be the type of athlete to go out and show my ass to get a different type of crowd. I'm not going to be the one to sit there and negotiate all my fights and be like, you know what? Be picky and everything else. Like, throw the challenges my way. Do things, but let me be my own person. And um, if I lay quiet behind the scenes and do me like that's what makes me happy and i've always from the get go i mean i've taken fights and i've i think i've only fought in my home crowd once and it was weird i didn't like it it was different (laughs) like i can't even explain it it was just different i mean it was cool having my family and friends and everybody you could possibly think of like the entire crowd was for me but at the same token i have a very strong support system whether they're with me at every single fight but I am lucky to where I do have my close family who does travel with me. I do have my close friends who do travel with me. And I have a great coaching staff to where that's all I need because I know I have love and support from everywhere else, whether they're right next to me. And the crowds, I mean, like I said, at the beginning of my career, I've fought in some crazy places. I've gone to places where I've constantly been booed. I had a Crown Royal bottle thrown at me before. What? And some Yeah, like, it's been crazy. Like, I've had stuff, and it's just, like, to me, like, whatever, whatever makes you feel better, because at the end of the day, like, that's not going to change what happens in the octagon, it's not going to change the skills that I have in my toolbox, it's not going to change anything in there, because as soon as that cage door closes, it's like, for me, it's just me, my opponent, the bright lights, and I can hear my coaches, that's it, like, I can zone out, and then I can go into what I need to do, so, I don't care where the booze come from. I don't care what's going to happen with that. I don't care who bets against me. I don't care if I'm the biggest underdog in the world. And it's the same thing when I fought Holly Holm. Everybody thought I was going to get my freaking teeth knocked out. I was going to end up in the hospital. I was going to be just on this whole new page, you know? And I think I showed something completely different. So she's just, she's another female. She's a great athlete, but I also know that I'm a great athlete. And I know what I have to bring to the table.
0: Well, I, I it seems like the, the you know the the trend of this conversation that I'm getting here is mental fortitude and you know how you're able to apply that uh to your life inside and outside of, of combat sports. But I will say I certainly hope nobody throws a friggin' crown royale bottle at you. That's <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Uh
2: <laughs> hey, people get crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Raquel, you know, having worked with you since tough and seeing all the potential you've had in this sport, it's really cool for me to finally see you in this position. It's been a long road there, uh, but you're on the cusp of accomplishing a dream here. Did you ever have any doubts that this day would come eventually for you?
2: No. Like I said, I mean, it's it's been my ultimate goal, and I'm a goal-getter. I'm very ambitious, and so I knew one day it would eventually happen. You never know how long those things are going to take, and sometimes things aren't in your control. But, uh It's just exciting. I mean, it was something that I was talking about when I was stretching with my coaches. I remember I've been doing this sport for 11 years now. And I told my very first MMA coach before it was even women's MMA even grew to where we're at now. I told him, I was like, one day I'm going to fight for the UFC world title. And no shit. He like laughed at me because obviously it wasn't a thing that was even in sight. And uh, I was like, watch, it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And that was a goal that I set for myself Way back when, eleven years ago, and now here it is.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I agree with you. It's one of those things, you know, you have to you have to set short term goals, but the long term goal is also very important to keep that in your sights as well. Uh but assuming you come out of this fight unscathed, how many times would you like to compete this year? And will you try to be an active champion?
2: Uh most definitely. Um, you know, I've missed being in there, so I'm excited to get back in there. Uh I've always liked competing two or three times a year. Um, I feel like that's pretty active. You know, fight camps, they do add up. It takes a big toll on the body and stuff. So, like I said, I mean, I do like my recovery and everything else. I like to enjoy life on the outside, be able to travel around or go visit family in different places and stuff like that. So, um, for me, I mean, yeah, I definitely want to come out on the top, and I feel like that's more than possible, and that's where my mind is at right now. and. So once that happens, I would like to just, you know, I mean, two or three times a year, whatever.
0: Okay. All right. Again, I'm incredibly happy for you, and it's been an honor to, to see this journey unfold and being able to work with you. Uh, in conclusion, my friend, tell all the Rocky P fans out there what they can expect on May 12th, and how do you visualize this fight playing out?
2: Um, You know, I mean, I've never been a shit talker, and I never will be. It's not who I am, but uh, just be ready for a very exciting fight. Um, you know, I feel like there's a new Rocky on display coming May 12th and you can sit here and think that 18 months off was a long time off and it's going to play an impact, but it has no impact. So, uh, be ready for the excitement.
0: Awesome. I'm looking forward to the new and improved Rocky P greatly appreciate the time. Always a great conversation with you. Hopefully we can catch up again, uh, when the fight draws near, uh, any shout outs or plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go.
2: You know, first off, thanks for having me on. It's always great talking to you guys, and thanks for the support that you guys have had all these years. And then, of course, to my family and friends who have stood be- uh, beside me this whole time, uh, my great coaching staff, the teammates who are always there, the girls up in Denver. And then um, my, uh, obviously, Tisha, my fiance. <laughs> right. I couldn't do it without her. Better not leave her out. She'll kick my butt. Right, but, got um, thank wifey. And then uh, just all the wonderful Rocky fans out there. You know, I really do have some freaking awesome fans and you know a lot of people it's just i feel like the fans make us they help our careers and everything else like that and i'm more than grateful for it and you know the same way that i inspire them they inspire me to be better every single day so i just want to thank them
0: well like i said it's all about personalities and character and you're certainly one of the best of those in the business uh again greatly appreciate it raquel you have a wonderful evening or afternoon and uh, hopefully we can catch up when the fight draws near Very much looking forward to you finally capturing that title, my friend.
2: Sounds good. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Have a good one. You too. Later. Man, I got to tell you guys, I've had the pleasure of working with Raquel for a long, long time since Tough 18, and she is one of the coolest personalities in mixed martial arts. I'm incredibly, incredibly happy for her. I hope that she can seize the moment, capture that gold, and so much props to her for clearing more hurdles in life striving for success persevering and it's just a testament to the kind of person that she is so much love rocky and uh you know big thanks for coming on the show but let's keep it moving guys closing out tonight's show top rank flyweight knockout artist it was a pleasure to speak with this gentleman for the first time i'm your host jay kinch this is bjpenn.com radio the fighter's voice coming up next chicano john moraga All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show former title challenger and top 10 flyweight in the UFC, John Moraga. What's going on, John? How was life in the MMA lab today, man?
3: What's up, guys? Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Training was good at the lab today. We got a nice little morning session done, uh, and uh, we're looking to get some more in today.
0: Cool, man, cool. Uh, before we get into the upcoming bout, man, I, I just wanted to have you talk to us about the big wins of your teammates at UFC 222.
3: Yeah, they were uh, ex- exciting to watch, and uh, we've been knowing how good they were for a while, so uh, it was good to see them uh, get in their wins.
0: So for you, it was more or less like you know these people had all the potential, and it was just another example of, of how good that team is?
3: Yeah, man, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Sean, I really used him a lot for my camp, and um, and he's been here, you know, helping. We've just got a team full of, uh, full of killers, really, and, and everyone's just stepping up for everyone. Uh, you know, I get different partners every camp, and it's just we've got such a, such a stacked team to, uh, you know, to help everyone out and also to get better.
0: Absolutely, man. You know, I know that the lab is... Always been a great team, and you guys definitely have some very underappreciated coaching staff. Uh, but I'd imagine seeing your teammates shine like that must give you a lot of mo- added motivation for your next fight.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, you get happy when your teammates win, and uh, and you know, same thing when when they lose. You know, you feel that too. So uh, it's a it's a close knit family we have, and uh, it was good. Good night.
0: Now, it was announced a few weeks ago that you'd be fighting Wilson Hayes at UFC on Fox 29 in Glendale, Arizona. How happy are you with this matchup, man?
3: Um, you know, it's it's what it is. You know, Uh, I, I'm cool with it. I got a lot of friends out of Alliance where he trains, and you know, he wouldn't would be my first choice. But, uh, you know, it's business, so we're going to just go in there and uh, get it done on, uh, at my home, home turf.
0: So, you know, aside from the home turf thing, it sounds like maybe there's a there's a little history and friendship with you that, that you, you weren't exactly excited to take this fight with him?
3: Yeah, I've trained. Um, I haven't trained too much with Wilson, but, you know, I, when I was able to train out there, you know, he was out there helping out Dom for his camps. I was I was over there at a couple camps, and um, a few times I've trained out there. And, um, yeah, he was there, and we've trained together, and, uh, you know, we're... We're uh, cordial friends, I guess you could say, and uh, but business, you know, that's... Uh, they were actually offering me to him for a couple fights previous to this. I just... I wasn't ready, and I really didn't want to fight him at the time. You know, I didn't... Not that I didn't want to, but whatever. You know, we was cool, so I was trying to stay away from it, but uh, they offered it to me for Phoenix, and I couldn't turn it down for Glendale.
0: Right, right, right. I Totally understandable. I mean, obviously, you want to avoid... Having to fight people you're familiar with and cool with, but at the end of the day, business is business, and sometimes you got to put that stuff aside to to, to get the job done. Uh, but give us your thoughts on Wilson as an opponent and how you guys match up stylistically.
3: Um, you know, I think he's a really tough opponent. He's uh, ranked number six for a reason. Um, it's not going to be no easy fight, but you know, stylistically, I think we're both good for each other. You know, I think. Um, I think if I can keep it on my feet standing, I'm going to um, ha- have a good time in that fight. And I think, you know, if he gets it on the ground, you know, he- he's obviously going to think he has his advantage. And that's probably where he would want to be. So, I don't-, I don't think there's really a secret to this fight. I think, um, you know, I think he's going to be trying to take me down and impose his will. And I think I'm going to try to keep it on my feet and impose my will. Uh, I don't think there's there's too much, uh, just <laughs> right. whoever gets it done, whoever executes better on that night.
0: Right, right, right. One of those classic matchups, the striker versus grappler. Um, now you're well known for your toughness and knockout power, but you know, aside from that, what kind of problems do you think you pose for Wilson that maybe he hasn't faced before?
3: Uh, well, I'm experienced too. You know, I have a good eye. I think I, I, I um, you know, I'm just experienced. I can make adjustments in there. I can, uh. I can find openings. I can I can make things happen. Um, I'm dangerous the full 15 minutes. So, um, you know, I think I pose a lot of threats to anybody. So, um, I just, he, he's going to have to be on his A game as well.
0: Now, he's coming off of a two fight skid uh, at the moment and, and obviously wants to get back in the win column. That being said, what kind of a game plan are you expecting from him? Is he going to be really looking to play it safe in this fight and, and ensure the victory?
3: I expect him to probably try to put a lot of pressure on me and just get a hold of me and maybe try to tire me out or to just, um, you know, keep a dominant position for most of the fight. And, and I think that's that that's his playing it safe. Um, he, that's also where really he's dangerous. So, um, you know, I don't think that, I'm almost, you know, I I doubt that he's going to try to come out there and strike with me and, and and play that kind of game with me. So I think he's just going to try to, Play to his strengths, and I, I definitely think that's what
0: we'll try. What we'll see. Okay, and of course, you'll be looking to build on your current momentum and, and make it three in a row. You know, considering his his ranking as well, a victory in Glendale could could put you back in the mix for for the belt, right?
3: Uh, yeah. So uh, possibly, I'm not really too worried about that. I'm just worried about uh, Wilson at the moment. You know, he's a tough opponent, and I'm not looking past him. So. Uh whatever comes after that, you know, comes but I'm not in a rush to get back to the belt. I think I gotta build some momentum and build my stock a little bit and then then we'll speak about
0: that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, totally understandable. Uh but you know, speaking of the title, uh given, you know, it being your division, I wanted to get your take on, on this T J versus Demetrius fight. Is that the right fight to make at this point and, and who would you pick to win that one?
3: Um, you know, I think if TJ, if TJ drops down, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a bad fight to make, you know, I think it draws some interest to the division and, uh, with TJ being a champ at 135, you know, I think he's earned, earned a shot. So, uh, I, is that what's going on? I don't even know. I, I don't I have it.
0: Well, I mean, it, there's been a lot of talk about it. I think that, you know, having having heard from T.J. and Dwayne Ludwig, I mean, I know they're really campaigning for it. Demetrius seems to be on board. They just haven't really figured out the the uh, the details yet. But I think that that's the fight that that they're looking at next. Um, but you know, a, a lot of people are saying that that would be a true super fight, and that you know, Mighty Mouse needs this fight not only for legacy but for a big payday. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? and, and what's your opinion on a guy like Demetrius not being a big draw?
3: Well, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think, you know, what he's done in this sport um he deserves his big paydays, you know, but um at the same time, you know, I don't I, I can't really say why he you know, he's not a bigger draw. Uh, I think to the true fans, he's uh, you know, the knowledgeable fans, educated fans, I think, you know, they can see him for what he is, maybe because, you know, at first, I don't know if he wasn't having a whole lot of highlights or what. Um, you know, when I fought him, I called him boring and stuff. But I, I mean, he's just—he's good at what he does, and no one can really do it uh, like him or or have done it. You know, so it is what it is. I don't know. Maybe he just needs a few uh, more. Uh, maybe he needs to get promoted better because he has some highlights out there. So um, you know, I don't know. Why, you know, most of maybe he needs to promote him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that any true fan of MMA, you know, respects his abilities, and uh, I would also agree that that the UFC could definitely do a better job of marketing the guy. Um, But you know, I I know you're not looking past Wilson at all. But I mean, title aspirations—do you still have them? I mean, is that still the ultimate goal for you moving ahead? You know, without looking past Wilson at all.
3: Of course, but um, you know, I'm just more business-minded about it. You know, I don't want to go in there and. And uh, fight, you know, fight the best guy in the world and, and, and get that shot again and, and not really uh, get what it's worth, you know. So that's why, you know, I'm just working on building my stock um, right now. Like I said, I got to still uh, take it one fight at a time, you know. I don't really want to live too far down the road anyway. Focus right now on one, uh, one win at a time. That's been getting me by right now. So I'm going to try to uh, continue that approach.
0: So it sounds like it's not only, you know, not only uh, the situation that you still have title aspirations, but you also, um, you also want this to be more feasible for you financially. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, fighting for a little title, so uh, especially this time, you know, if I'm gonna earn it back, man, I, I'm, I'm, i I want to earn it. So, uh, I'm, I haven't. You know what I mean? That's what we do this for. I fight for money. I don't really fight for the TV. So uh, that's that's the goal at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> right, right. So in that in that in that aspect, what do you make of this era that we're in of trash talk? You know, it seems like for anybody to make a decent payday, you have to you have to create some controversy, talk some trash. But for me personally, you know, while I find all this trash talk entertaining, uh, a lot of it's very funny, You know, funny and 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 it's cool to follow. At the same time. I do miss that those days of uh, honor and respect amongst martial artists, and you know, guys getting a payday based on skill alone. You know, where do you stand on this? Do you feel like you need to maybe start marketing yourself differently in order to get those big paydays?
3: Um, I don't know if it's something that I need to start doing. You know, it's worked for some people, but I don't really feel comfortable right stepping too much out of my comfort zone and doing all that so i haven't worried about it I'm, i probably lost a lot of money by not worrying about it but um i'd rather not worry about it so
0: absolutely and you got to stay true to yourself at the end of the day man so just just to stay with mighty mouse here for just a moment i'm wondering you know looking at what he's accomplished so far and uh hopefully in the in the future you being able to get that rematch with him what would you do differently in the rematch with demetrius
3: I'd stay a little bit more patient. I'd still put the pressure on him like I did. I'd I'd make him fight, but um, well, you know, I rushed in a lot. I think I have I have better control of my punches now. I think uh, you know I fell into a lot of his traps. I didn't I didn't have a uh, good understanding of uh, awareness of fighting on the outside at the time, and I was rushing in a little bit and uh, just on the ground. You know, I'm no no. There's no excuses. You know, there was just things that that I could have done different. I could have been a little bit sharper on fight night. Um, And I I figured, you know, this time around, you know, you never know what's going to happen, what kind of injuries you might come across during a camp or something. But um, with the experience and and all the camps that I've done, I I figured I've I've learned how to train a little smarter and um, to peak on fight night and just be prepared for everything.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, again, I know you're not looking past Wilson at all, but uh, you know, definitely, uh, given your style, you're all, always exciting fights. I'd like to think that that would be a cool match, uh, rematch to have, uh, you know, down the line at some point. But listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions here for you. Uh, everybody who knows you, man, knows that you came from humble beginnings, to say the least. Uh, and it, it's pretty clear that growing up in the hood develops a level of resolve and determination that, that others really have to search for. You know, so when it comes to being uh, athletes, a, a fighter, you know, tell us about your how your past has helped you persevere through the hard times in this sport and continue striving for greatness.
3: Yeah, I think uh, maybe it's almost like it's not really an option, you know, so you kind of have to learn how to get through tough times or whatever. And um, I don't know, maybe just, just kind of lets you know that, uh, you know, Keep keep going, keep going, keep fighting. Whatever it's, it, you're gonna you're gonna stay afloat. You're gonna get through everything. So, uh, you know, I I don't know what I can attribute to what, but uh, it definitely I would say helped me, especially in the fight game. Uh, so,
0: all right, fair enough, man. And getting back to Wilson, when you visualize this fight playing out, what do you see? How does the fight unfold? How does the victory come for you? I, I know you're saying that he's probably gonna try to wear you out, but how do you see your hand getting raised?
3: Um, you know, I'd I like to win by a knockout. So that's, that's my goal. That's what I, you know, that's how I vision it. But, you know, uh, we still got to go out there and, and get the job done and execute. And uh, but that's, that's what I look for in every fight. So anyway, so, but, um, you know, I think, I think Wilson has a, uh, a good game plan for me also. So we're both going to have to go in there and make our adjustments, see what's going on and, and get
0: it cracking. And, uh, t- talk to me a bit about, you know, fighting in front of the hometown crowd. I'd imagine you, you're you pretty pumped to be able to compete in, in front of everybody, you know, in Glendale, being so close to home, so close to the to, to the lab and all that. I'd imagine you're going to have a ton of support as well.
3: Yeah, um, and definitely, you know, I think, uh better circumstances than the last two times you know one, one time I kind of I fought a little injured and one time I fought on short notice so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of go out there and uh, be able to feel prepared to really uh, give it my best performance you know no matter what happens
0: all right man and, and by the way how many times would you like to compete this year
3: Um, man, as many as as possible. If I'm healthy, I'll I'll get back in there right away. You know, I I had to take a little bit of time off after this last fight, but, uh, just to get right. But, uh, if I'm healthy, I'd like to go.
0: All right, man. Listen, I greatly appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. You know, first time having a conversation with you. Um, you know, again, greatly, greatly appreciate the time. I know you're trying to get some, get some waffles down right now. (laughs) Uh, in conclusion, man, what message would you have for the division and, and what can all the Chicano fans expect come fight night?
3: Oh, man, you guys know me. I'm coming to fight. I'm coming to give you some good entertainment. It's always going to be a fight. Whoever's fighting me is in for the fight of their life.
0: All right, man, fair enough. And before we let you go, any shout-outs you'd like to get in or plugs?
3: Uh, just give a shout-out to my team at the lab and all my training partners yeah. helping me through this camp. Um, any of my sponsors that have helped me over the years and still support me. There is physical therapy affiliated tattoos uh, Big fellas barbershop uh, and, uh, Maryville chiropractic so
0: Alright my man again greatly appreciate it. Hopefully we can catch up, uh, you know maybe as the fight draws a little closer or after a big win Wishing you all the best of luck come fight night and you know being able to put on a great show in front of the hometown crowd. Uh you have a wonderful night, man, and enjoy those waffles. All right, thank you, bro. thanks for having. Me. All right. Have a good one, man. Well, there you have it, Pen Nation. Another episode in the books, episode seventy-four. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversations with Dom, Raquel, and John tonight. Big thank you to all three for joining us. We'll be back later this week with a huge show. Five guests from across the globe. I won't spoil it now, but we've, we've got a big show lined up. Until then, thank you all for tuning in. Big shout out to everybody on Team Pen. Make sure you guys bookmark us. Follow us on social media. Stay up to date on the sport that you love, in mixed martial arts. On behalf of everybody at BJPenn.com, this is Jay Hinch signing off. Mahalo, everybody. Peace out.